Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Today, we are continuing our Truth to Power coverage and the craziness that is within said book. Uh, this is, this is, in my opinion, one of the funnest books to go through. It has these really cool, like, choose your own adventure in there. It's a it's, there's a story within a story within a story happening. We don't know who's actually writing this thing. Like we know now it's Sabathun, but at the time this thing came out, we had no idea what was going on here. There were so many cool theories circling this uh, book when it first came out. But uh, this is, of course, part of our overarching um, uh, covering of Sabathun, kind of getting everyone ready for uh, Final Shape and, and who the big players are coming to the table. Uh, last time we ended, uh, we, we got through the first uh, uh, Choose Your Own Adventure section, which is called Act, Choose, React. Uh, super, super neat things happening in there. Um, it even calls you out for, for reading the thing in linear order, which is hilarious to me. Uh, and then there, were, there was the, the, the final entry, which then had like some hidden entries, supposed hidden entries, of the um, Books of Sorrow uh, that were like, this is what was really happening in the background. Uh, but again, we, we, don't, we don't know. We can't really know. Like, <laughs> we've got some pretty good theories, but it's when Sabathun's involved, uh, yeah, shit gets weird. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Myth, where are, we, uh, where are we starting out today? Yeah, so uh, last time kind of where we we ended was still technically amongst the choose your own adventure stuff but it was multiple entries that were all uh supposedly dual and karu giving us messages from savathun that were all these uh in between verses of the books of sorrow um and then at the end she was like haha i made all that up <laughs> which <laughs> i see like really <laughs> Why? Uh, Why you do this but, to Hikaru? I know, like, come on, but uh, but I do think that in truth, uh, a lot of those entries were were probably accurate uh, around Savathun, you know, uh, not wanting to be beholden to the worms and trying different things to get away from them, and like coming up with different ideas to around that. Like, I I think even though this is presented in the the guise of a lie. It is probably pretty accurate, uh, at least the bits involving what she was trying to do. Well, and, and we talked about that idea, too, of like the way Sabathun's hunger works, like that, just, all of that just works into her favor. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that causes someone to not understand her yeah. is what she feeds off of. That is this Imbaru power that she feeds off of uh so when we're picking up in this episode is still within that choose your own adventure section i on i believe the last of that section which is titled react choose act uh so we're gonna have some more numbers we're gonna read this linearly again i but uh, it's going to be, there's going to be some go to this, go to this, and we're just going to read through in order. And uh, you can hop around if you want to see how the choose, how the adventure would unfold if you followed those. But, uh, but yeah. 
So without further ado, this is Truth to Power, React, Choose, Act, and it goes like this. You are standing in the courtyard of the tower. You are without armor or weapon, and your senses seem more vivid than usual. Under your tongue is the taste of salt. To look down into the last city, go to N. To move deeper into the tower, go to O. Section N. The city is gone. In its place is a lens, a warp, the telltale blister of a black hole singularity, sheathed in bent light. You get the eerie sense that it's looking back at you. Go to O. Section O. You find Banshee 44, Katie 5530, Master Rahul, Tess Everest, Benedict 9940, Soraya Hawthorne, Executor Hideo, Amanda Holiday, Arak Jalal, and Cade 6 in their usual places. Cade seems subdued. You see unusual light coming from inside what was once the speaker's chamber. A throaty voice calls you into the hangar to play soccer. To speak to Cade, go to C. To investigate the speaker's chamber, go to P. To play soccer, go to E. Again, those earlier letters, C and E, in the previous Choose Your Own Adventure list uh, that we talked about an episode ago. But we're going to continue on section P. A Vex Hydra hovers in the place once occupied by the speaker's machine. As you approach, a jet of brine spurts from its chassis, and a Greek woman with snakes for hair tumbles onto the floor. She groans and clutches her head. Her hair writhes in distress. You attack the Vex. Go to S. To go to Medusa's aid, go to Q. Section Q. We've got to get you out of here, Medusa whispers. Dulinkaru and everything she told you was an illusion. Quoria compromised my systems, and now it's trying to recruit you for its own purposes. Get me to the edge of the simulation, and I'll break us out. To carry Medusa to the edge of the tower, go to T. To demand an explanation from the Hydra, Go to R. Section R. The Hydra speaks to you in your own voice. I have simulated Dulinkaru as well as I can. While Vex cannot normally account for the paracausal influence of light and dark, I am no longer simply a Vex. And where no elegant and analytical solution exists, we may apply massive computational power to generate a reasonable facsimile. This was the approach used against Sate 14. After observing Dulankaru during many loops, the simulation reveals her purpose in the Dreaming City. She seeks the key to the distributary, the world the Dreaming City dreams of where the Awoken were born, and time passes at an accelerated rate. Once she conquers that world, she will use it as a base to gather millions or 
thousands or millions of years of tribute in a very small span of our time. A being empowered by so much ontological authority would be capable of altering reality at a whim. You must prevent this. I will continue to loop the Dreaming City until you find a way to defeat her permanently. To leave, go to Q. To demand information on the role of black holes, go to you. Section S. You battle the Vex Hydra. As you gain the upper hand, it emits a blast of static, and you feel a horrific sense of deja vu. Go to N. Section T. Medusa weighs nothing. The serpents of her hair squirm against your neck. We have to jump, she whispers. Forget everything you've seen here. It's all meant to confuse and distract you. I'll send you another message in three weeks. To jump, go to Z. Section U. Black holes are the densest possible computers in the physical universe. They are also the most secure, since they can be made to retain their information until they evaporate in the deep cosmic future. The hive operates small singularity computers, such as the world's grave, and the vex sometimes pack enough energy and information into a small area of space-time to collapse it into a Kugelblitz black hole like the one you see outside. But a true stellar mass or galactic black hole computer is inconceivably more powerful. If Savathun plans to predicate her existence on the concealment of her secrets, as Oryx predicated his upon the sword logic, it would be logical for her to safeguard her deepest secrets and her throne world in a supermassive black hole computer. To defeat her would require a journey below the event horizon and the exposure of her most jealously guarded truths. Go to R. Section Z. You leap from the tower and escape Quoria's simulation. And that is also the end of this chapter. So again, we have that uh, uh, that choose your own adventure style thing, and it's it's <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love that that it is like you can tell it's definitely a continuation of the um, uh, of of the previous uh, I guess what four books. Um, yeah, because it ha- it does have the to speak to si- to speak with Cade, go to C. Uh, to um, to play soccer, go to E, which is obviously in those previous ones, which is funny because like I I don't know there's a way to go to section N from the first book, like so you would have to read these in linear or in order in order to get back here, and then like you just arbitrarily decide to like start playing along with <laughs> with it, and go to E <laughs> to go start playing soccer and collecting points. Um, um so fun enough. I don't know if N exists it does yeah that's the first section in this one. Oh, it starts at i got you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. i was i was looking at the 
the other one ended with M, and I thought it was back on that one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, nope, you're right. Nope. It starts. It starts this one, but there are some letters omitted, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about those here in a sec. Um, then of course it goes through kind of the same deal. Like you, you know, you go to the speaker's chamber. There's the Hydra again. It spits out Medusa. You're like, okay, well, let's have a talk with Medusa. Medusa's like, hey, you know, like you can you can either attack her or talk to Medusa. Obviously, if you attack her, the whole thing starts over again. You talk to Medusa. She says, hey, she she kind of like she almost like confirms what Dulancaro said. She says, Dulancaro and everything she told you was an illusion. You know, Coria compromised my systems, my being Medusa, this made up uh, uh, AI, Mm -hmm. uh, and is now trying to recruit you for its own purposes. You know, we, we need to get the hell out of here, which is, which again, it, the fact that this Medusa AI is a, a, (laughs) it's made up by Coria in a virtual machine, but it knows it's a virtual being in a virtual machine and now it's trying to escape like how does how did that thing get enough sentience of its own but ai sentience is weird that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) well so here's here's the thing uh when medusa first introduces themselves to us they introduce themselves as a mind right um i forget exactly what they say but uh it was like a I was going to see if I could find it. But regardless, they introduce themselves as a mind. Um, I think along the lines of war mind is what they're going for. Something a little lesser than that. But we know that the Ishtar Collective uh, and Maya Sundaresh and all of them, they used a war mind to tell them whether they were simulations or not because a war mind could not be simulated, or at least by their predictions, a war mind could not be simulated. Oh, that's right. So I wonder if the Vex got too close, if Quoria got too close to an actual war mind, <laughs> and that's why it gained sentience. Because I like it. It couldn't be bound by its simulation anymore. I like it. Dude, that's okay. Oh man, that's I like it. I really like it. <laughs> I really like it. It's funny because, like, when when Medusa first introduced herself as a mind, I always think, okay, a vex mind, like a like like right, a hydra yeah. or something. But then, like, she Medusa even clears it up and says, you know, no, like like your like your war mind, like an AI and stuff. But you're right. I totally forgot that that was the whole reason that the uh, that the collective brought in the war mind because they that was the only thing that could tell them if they were the real out of the 227 copies or not like but if if you're if you're right if cuz if Coria it did simulate Medusa I don't know Coria did well okay there's more to, there's more Coria than meets the eye and I think that's coming up This is true yes uh so then of course you know anyway Medusa says let's get the hell out of here like let's break out of this and then uh we'll 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 basically we'll solve it from there you know um when you when she says that you know you you can either take her to the edge of the tower and jump and when you do she says okay we have to jump you know for everything you've seen here it's all meant to confuse you like forget it all it it's it's it, this is all just meant to mess with your head i'll send you another message in 3 weeks which yeah. again if we follow that kind of train of thought that that logic there of like if this is a war mind that did gain sentience it might actually start trying to contact us if it can get out of this simulation correctly like that's there's again lots of ifs there. Like like what happens to a an AI within a simulation, a simulated AI within a simulation, if it can't escape said simulation and gain full, if it has already gained sentience in the sim- simulation, does it keep said sentience outside the simulation? These right. these are all huge like theoretical like 
have no freaking clue. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, anyway, so you know that's that's kind of one one thing. And of course, if you jump, you're out of the, you're out of the simulation. Otherwise, you can talk to the Hydra and be like, "Hey, what the hell?" And this is an interesting one here. So the Hydra speaks to you in your own voice. And the only time we've ever seen that is with paracausality. And it straight up says, I've simulated dual Karu as well as I can. While Vex cannot normally account for the paracausal influence of light and darkness, I am no longer simply a Vex. And we know this because we know, we know, we the player, not we the, the Guardian, but we the player know that Quoria is a Taken. It's... It, Oryx took her, and so now there is paracausality inherently in Coria. So yep. this one, this one entry here, the section R, the fact that it knows that it's no longer a vex, that it knows it has more to it than what it was before. Maybe this thing could simulate a war mine now. Maybe that's a possibility Maybe. for a paracausal vex that is no longer simply a vex. It's right, just that. Their capabilities are unknown, far more than and what a normal Vex would un- be, and yeah, tr- truly unknown. Yeah, like like we like we know that Vex as a as as a as an entity of of itself can do everything, simulate everything except paracausality. But with paracausality, I mean, paracausality is is <laughs> essentially space magic. Like that's all there is to it. Like it's it's I I don't know, Myth. Do you think it's the same as as wish magic? I don't, I don't know, but I, I feel, <laughs> I feel like one does not directly correlate to the other. Sure. Um, but they're both like outside of the realm of physics of our yeah, universe. They're, that's... they're, they're both outside the rules, the normal right. rules. And so, and, and that's, again, that's another hard thing to kind of like express um, because the human mind as soon as you start thinking of stuff, you start thinking of things in terms of rules of like, oh, okay, well, gravity is a rule. Like, I may not think about gravity 24-7, but even in your dreams, like, their gravity still exists and stuff like that because your mind has to work in this realm of reality. And so to even think of a realm where, like, rules don't exist, the easiest thing, the first the easiest thing to think of is like, well, gravity doesn't exist. And, and then you, your mind can kind of spiral from there. But yeah, like we don't we don't truly know what powers Quoria has outside of just being a vex that can simulate, but now being a vex that can simulate with paracausality. Like that's a that's a dangerous thing, honestly. Because and and we we've talked about this too before, especially in our vex series. If a vex could um, simulate paracausality, then that's that's the end of the universe. The vex win. Like that's yeah, game over for everyone. So of course it goes on and, and it you know they even say right there this this was the approach used to like we can we can get close to 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 getting a a reasonable facsimile and that's how they defeated uh Saint Fourteen. Uh and of course we know this. We covered this in our Saint Fourteen series. That's they literally mm-hmm. suppressed his specific like guard a single guardian's light. They didn't suppress light as a whole, they suppressed a single guardian's light. So each light Light being used by any given guardian has a unique um, signature to it, which is super freaking cool. Um, then, of course, they, they go on, you know, after observing Dual and Karu for many loops, uh, 
this simulation reveals her purpose in the Dreaming City. She seeks the key to the tributary. This is something Myth and I kind of uh, theorized about. Like we, but Myth and I theorized more further up the chain than Duel and Karu. Like yeah. we we we're pretty sure Savathun is looking for this. And so, of course, her daughter, Dulancaro, to, to discover it. Cool. Hey, Mom, here's the keys. Thanks, kiddo. Keep keep doing your best. Um, and then, you know, go to kick in the door and, and escape this reality into another one. Um, and, and again, the reasoning here for it, the idea of the time passage and, a, and, and the tribute uh, gaining. Because, again, if, if Sabathun's trying to find a way to, like, bide her time what better way than to like generate as much tribute she can at an accelerated rate in a black hole, which I mean, again, the brilliance of Savathun cannot be understated ever. She is probably one of the most brilliant entities in the destiny universe outside of Ahamkara's, but yeah. <laughs> and they're both really shitty, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like, uh, again, then it goes on, you know, you have to stop this from happening. I'm just going to keep, looping the Dreaming City until you find a way out. And that is directly coming from the Hydra. So again, I d- don't really know how much truth there is to the idea of Coria creating the loop or keeping the loop going, but it, within this Choose Your Own Adventure, it seems that Coria knows she's looping it and that Coria is going to continue to loop it. We obviously now know that the loop cannot, again, according to Riven, cannot be undone. The loop yes. is permanent, and it's just that's just the way life exists there in the Dreaming City from now on. Which is just like, well, that blows. Like, <laughs> what you, that sucks. Um, so yeah, so it's again, kind of kind of helping feed a, a, a almost trying to like feed the feed the reader, feed the guardian to say like, oh yeah. well, you know, if you keep chasing this, you know, I'm going to keep looping this, and and but again, feeding that illusion, that misunderstanding of Savathun here. And then of course yeah. we have all the other entries uh, of you know you you beat the hydra or whatever you to to learn black black holes do this and stuff and the black hole one is again just kind of like it, it it's it's very much straightforward of like this is what a black hole is this is kind of how they exist if Sabathun can do this then she could safeguard all of her secrets here like this is it 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 just works in her favor. Um, yeah, I I do want to touch on the black hole stuff real quick. Sure, go for um, it less so from a lore perspective, although to a little bit and more so as a, like, this is just really cool. Uh, (laughs) so from a lore perspective, um, you know, Quoria in this case is the Vex Hydra that we're supposedly talking to based on, uh, the entries from the first choose your own adventure, um, is explaining black holes are the densest possible computer. In the physical universe, they're also the most secure. Therefore, if Savathun is going to predicate her existence on concealing her secrets in a black hole is the best place because the information is going to be secure, but still computable. Sure. Uh, We know that Savathun, um, from the entries of her speaking with Nocris, as well as... uh, entries that line up with that from last episode about her putting a thrall in the, in a black hole um, after kind of explaining her entire master plan to it and it not really understanding what she's talking about, but and then she's like, it's Good. still right. It still technically has her secrets in its head. 
even if it doesn't know what they mean. Sure. Uh, and then by putting that in the black hole, that is kind of this idea of like can, putting your secrets in the most secure spot possible. Uh, so when when we were when I read through this originally, I was I had a hard time wrapping my head around like how is a black hole a computer? What what are you talking about? Um, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. Like I I yeah I was following the secret idea that they were predicating, but then like the idea of the computer, I was like, this is what. So I did some digging. Oh shit! Uh, are and we about to learn this quantum is... mechanics? <laughs> not not exactly, but this is uh, a little bit of a break from our normal like destiny lore because I just thought this was really cool. Um, this yeah, is an yeah, article science. from Scientific American uh, that is written about black hole computers. Um, to get down to the the you know summarized version as best I can, I. Uh, Theoretical physicists treat the universe, electrons, photons, other other elementary particles, they're all bits of data about the universe. Okay. They're all a bit of data about a building block of the universe. You can almost transcribe them to binary, to ones and zeros. Okay. Uh, I I can follow this. A black hole literally inputs any and all information around it into itself. Uh, By Einstein's theory of general relativity, once the information is in the black hole, it's impossible to ever get out. Like, however, Stephen Hawking, I showed via quantum mechanics that black holes do have an output. They release energy. They glow. Because otherwise, and, how would you be able to observe them? Well, I think they observe them technically by the things around them. Oh, but sure, sure, sure. On on the quantum scale, they're releasing energy, uh, and that energy is about equivalent to whatever it is that they have sucked in. So the example can't being be created or destroyed, it can only be transferred. Only be transferred. Uh, the example here they give is like. If an elephant's worth of energy were sucked into the black hole, an elephant's worth of energy would come out. Uh, but originally it was thought that this would be a hodgepodge and there would be no way to like reassemble that information from the energy that's output. Sure. Until 2004, when I, Gerard T. Hooft of the University of Utrecht, in the Netherlands, I'm sure I murdered that. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> he uh, showed that black holes do, in fact, compute the information that they input, and the energy output from them is not random and can be deciphered. Holy shit. So all of that is to say a computer, at the end of the day, in a very simplest terms, is a device that takes in information can compute it while it has it and then outputs that information either in the same form or a different form, but it's still a result of the information it input. Sure. So I guess by definition, by that definition, a black hole is a computer because it is just computing the, the, there's an input, there's a computation happening, there's an output. 
Yep. And the output is decipherable. It is, it is, it has the potential to be useful. Because just like any other computer, garbage in is garbage out. But if, if, if they know, if you have a known that you can put in and, and you can, you, you can decipher and read the output. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm following. Okay. Okay. So not again, not necessarily relevant to like destiny stuff, but I just thought it was cool. Like, yeah, black holes are computers at a very, you know, basic definition of computer. Well, and, and to kind of bring it back to destiny, Again, they talk about how the information uh, of, like, even how atoms were arranged. I want to say it was our last episode or the one before it. Um, the 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 way, the only difference between, yeah, no, it's in the same Choose of Your Own Adventure. Yeah. Uh, they talk about how the way that, um, like, what is light? Like, what is information about mm-hmm. how light is, is used? Well, the information itself, like light is or or light or guardians or whatever is just the arrangement of atoms and the secret is the information of how those atoms are arranged so even information itself is the secret and to have that used on 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 to have the 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 arrangement of the atoms be the secret itself kept inside of a black hole and then like again going to to Einstein's idea of well it can't be re-extracted but then moving forward to say no, it can be it 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 not only can it be can it be extracted, it can also be deciphered and kind of put back together, albeit extremely hard apparently. Um, <laughs> yes, kind all of, very theoretical. <laughs> right, right, right. This is all again. None of this is is like on a math level. Sure, this makes sense on a on a like this. This is the difference between theoretical physics and practical physics of like theoretical physics. Well, yeah, no, this is exactly what happened. Then practical physics comes in the door and goes, hold my beer. I got this. And shit hits the fan. Um, (laughs) so yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I like the idea of the black hole in the simplest terms being a computer of input computation out decipherable output. Um, I start to say just output, but a decipherable output. I think I like that phrase a little yeah. bit better. And then, of course, I like the idea of the secret of like it's not just uh, like information as a whole. It, no matter what the information pertains to, you know, the arrangement of atoms. The you know, I t- I told Billy that that Jill is in love with with Scott and don't tell anyone. Like whatever, whatever secret needs to be is, is put into this and then therefore cannot, is, is very hard. I can't say cannot be extracted because again, theoretically it can be, but is very hard to be extracted, which then yeah. works in Sabathun's favor. Oh yes. Uh, so yeah, just some, some fun little theoretical physics facts. Uh, we do know that her throne world, or at least as far as we're aware, her throne world is not in a black hole or at least is not by the time we interface with it in Witch Queen. Right. Uh, so then yeah, what is I mean, this, what is this black hole? Like, what black hole, black hole is this specific entry uh, right. referring to? If it's not referring directly to her throne world, which I, I think you're right, I don't think it is. Um, is it just, a, did she just like go run around the universe like plucking out black holes going, oh, let's drop a throw on that one. Let's drop a throw on this one. Let's drop a Hydra in that one. Let's drop Quaria. You want to go? Okay, cool. You're in a black hole now. I mean, that would be one way to to sate her worm's hunger for a while while she figures out other contingencies, I suppose. I mean, if if we if you're doing testing, like you're going to need more than one test subject, right? 
Yeah, and thraller a dime a dozen. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, just go to the uh, go to the opening of. Uh, oh shoot! Uh, the dungeon. Why am I spacing? I yes, know the dungeon. Grasp of avarice. Grasp. They are literally yep. a diamond. They they are flooding out of this cave in the in the millions. Just <laughs> hop down and be like this one, this one, this one, this one. Bye. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, but yeah. So, uh, alrighty. So that takes us on to the next chapter of Truth to Power, um, which is three weeks later uh, that we would get this chapter in game. And uh, this chapter is titled Asudem, but it's Medusa spelt backwards. I love uh, it. They even capitalized the M. Yep. Yep. So um, clearly still referencing Medusa here, but like something's not quite right. Something's a little off. Uh, in the beginning of the the entry like the headers the message headers again it has now that ai-com mdsa far-flung c3i covert uh reawakened and physical so this is an, an interesting uh subject line i uh, but uh this one goes like this section zero you must be terribly confused i'm sorry i couldn't be more help after I crashed, I rebooted on a safe, physical backup in the Dreaming City. It took me too long to penetrate Quoria's simulation and get you free, and for that, I ask your forgiveness. Section 1. I understand what's happening here. Oryx took the Ahamkara Riven, who then fell into Savathun's claws. She devised a scheme to use Riven as bait. By inviting guardians into the Dreaming City, and then focusing the will of a group of powerful guardians upon Riven, she tricked you into making a wish, a desire to alter objective reality to conform with our subjective need to save the city. Riven fed on that wish in order to breach the Dreaming City's defenses and invite Duelin Karu inside. Dulin Karu and her Taken are simply scouring the city for awoken secrets. You don't need to fret about any greater agenda. Remember that you face an agent of Savathun. It's to her advantage to make you see schemes and conspiracies everywhere you look. Section 2 The three-week loop must be a fail-safe measure to keep Dulin Karu safe as she pursues her mission. In a sense, this entire city has been rendered deterministic. Only paracausal guardians have any free will here. The Awoken here have been touched by greater powers, so they are aware of the preordination, but they cannot alter it. I'm certain that Quoria is behind this loop. As a taken vex, it is capable of pathologic subversions of reality. I'll continue working on a countermeasure. Section 3 I've been correlating information on the Ahamkara and the hive-worm parasites. Both display a peculiar ability to convert the host's intent into ontomorphic reality-altering effects. Both use similar language in their appeal to the host. I don't think they're the same species, however. The hive-worms spawn large numbers of young from relatively few adults, 
always displaying the same physical form and live in communal groups. The ahamkara are solitary, elusive, and seem to alter form to suit or confuse expectations. The shared syntax, oh blank mine, may be the key. It seems to be a shibboleth used to invoke an ontomorphic effect, placing the target in a cage of O, activational, specific, appealing, and naming, and mine, defining ownership and subordination. Ahamkara and worm may have evolved separately to exploit this effect, just as many species independently evolve eyes. This might place them in competition for the same ecological niche. I would expect a rivalry or antipathy between them. Do not be led astray by Quoria's misinformation. You must continue to hold the Dreaming City as long as you can. The things I said to you about the black holes and the purpose of guardians were forced on me by Quoria. I'll be here when you need me next. I promise. Transmission ends, and so does the chapter. So an interesting thing has happened across this entire book. It started off as a storytelling thing that then, you know, it, it, it was all about Eris and the and we didn't know who the author was at the time and then it evolved into Medusa saying, Oh shoot, I'm sorry, I screwed up and and then it slowly evolved into Quoria and then Quoria's making all this stuff up and then Medusa comes back and goes, Oh shoot, I I I breal, I need to get out of here and then crashes. Like the then it then it starts that that weird um choose your own adventure section of like it's almost like it's it's almost like Quarry like Medusa happened and then Quoria was like like Medusa happened, Medusa crashes and then Quoria's like shit. Um how do I keep the reader involved? And then creates that choose your own adventure. Um but even during that choose your own adventure, Medusa is still gaining consciousness essentially essentially. Um but we still have no way to I guess prove that Medusa is even real at the time. Um Yeah. And then we get this entry, right? Like this entry is is and again, we're going off this three week cycle. Every three weeks we we the the, the curse gets worse and worse and worse until it finally kinda like breaks upon itself and there's just taken crap everywhere. Like like there's blights everywhere, there's the whole city is just kind of crap. Um the the portal opens back up to let us into the shattered throne. We go inside. We do all sorts of stuff in in the throne world there. Defeat Dulinkaru. Hop back out. Everything's hunky dory. Then it resets. Um. But here, uh, Medusa is seemingly, and again the 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 very first thing reawakened and physical. Medusa. I, do we ever find anything for Medusa in the physical realm of the Dreaming City? No. And that, that is a big... So, I don't necessarily think Medusa is approaching... And, and again, the way, the way even this... Um, the, the titles are formatted, and we'll see with the next entry as well. It, it's It's almost like a Doppler effect where... 
the middle entries we got deeper and now we're we're like we're regressing we're we're kind of sure climbing back up the layers almost yeah um because we know for a fact medusa does not exist in our physical universe interesting well, like she, we we discussed that back in the first episode. She couldn't, right? Because there there's no. only one war mind and all the now again, this is some bungee fuckery with a story of being like, oh shit, uh backtrack. Uh but we know that there's only one true war mind and all the other, you know, any any other sub mind is exactly that. It is just a sub mind. The Malahayati, the Charlemagne, all of that is all just sub minds of the war mind. So if 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 there were to be another war mind, like I, I I don't know that it could exist. Like what facility? We know how big the the Rasputin facility was. It's it's the entire northern half of uh, Mars. Which I guess the only way you can access that now is through the strike. The, yeah, yeah, the battleground one. But uh, but anyway, that facility is huge. There's no way that a second war mind was created and downloaded in just a you know somewhere in the dreaming city, like that would have to be a f- like it's it says I rebooted on a safe physical backup like okay cool but that's got to be huge. Well, and even independent of like the the physical necessities of a being like this, when she introduced herself to us, when Medusa introduced themselves to us, it was. I am an AI mind that was aboard the ship that got taken into the distributary. I saw the Awoken become the Awoken and hijack, you know, I stowed away on the ship that came to this universe and help and like then also hid in the dreaming city somewhere. Like, no. You did may, Mar- may, Mara an created. Form, but there's no <laughs> yeah, like, fucking way. <laughs> well, it's the thing. There's no way Medusa would exist without Mara's knowledge. Exactly. Mara created the Dreaming City with Riven. Mara literally created the entire distributary and all of its rules of existence. Just from her mind. Like, just just yeah. from her own mind. Like she was just thought all this stuff together and was like, cool. Now it exists. So there there is no way that I see Medusa being a real thing because Mara would know she's a thing. Exactly. And I imagine it would have come up at some point. You would think. <laughs> like if Mara just, uh, was just hiding a, a war mind AI just kind of in her back pocket and then just like out of nowhere yeah. was just like, hey, um, poof. <laughs> Yay. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, so this very opening line to me, this, you know, you must be terribly confused. I'm so sorry. I crashed, rebooted. I'm on a safe physical backup in the dreaming city that is an impossibility and what this first line tells me is not that medusa is broken from the simulation it's that quoria has reestablished control of medusa again oh i like that even better and and that kind of feeds in with this like it's medusa backwards like we're going back up the chain oh, like we we got shit. we got close we got close to what was we actually going on actually broke oh and now man. we're like going back up the layers of like oh no 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 this is 
everything's fine. Don't pay attention to anything you saw in there. Pay, everything's fine. Pay no attention to the six-headed, six, six-snaked <laughs> woman behind the mirror. Yeah, no, yeah. I got you. I, man, I didn't even put the two and two together. Like the, the it's the title of the card is spelled backwards, and we're like walking back up the chain, like we're like backtracking. Yeah, that's brilliant. Okay, that there's a layer there that I didn't even notice. That's super cool. I'm kind of stuck on that for a little bit. Okay, <laughs> um, but but all that aside. There are now a lot of truths in this. Oh, I think yes. every single section here is now a truth. Straight up says, I understand what's happening here. Oryx took the Omkar ribbon. We This is a fact. Uh, who then fell into Savathun's claws? This is fact. She devised the scheme to use ribbon as bait. This is fact. Like, all of this is fact. Like, everything here yep. is just shot for shot fact. The, 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 um, the three week loop must be a fail safe to keep Dulan Caro safe. I don't I don't know if it's to keep her safe. I think it's I think it's literally just there to uh to just kind of keep to keep it going. Like other otherwise Dulan Caro does find the key like it, it's yeah. a way to I think it's I think it's a two part thing. I think one, it's a way to keep Dulan Caro searching because I'm assuming that Dulan Karu knows that she's in a three-week, and only because it, it even talks about how only paracausal guardians have free will here. So I'm assuming Dulan Karu, having access to hive magic, has some type of access to paracausality and might understand why she's here. But even this, the, the, they even clarify that with the Awoken here have been touched by greater powers, so they're aware of it, but they can't do anything about it. And we see that with some of the more recent entries where, like, the, the Corsair that you save in the first week's mission, like... Uh, uh, Petra comes to her and and she's just like, just freaking kill me! Like I'm sick of reliving yeah. the same three weeks over and over again. So I'm assuming Dulan Caro is kind of in the same situation. Like she got here, she she made it here, she got here, cool, awesome. Now she's just stuck here. Like she can't do anything about it. She can keep looking, she can keep looking, but then everything's going to reset. And every every I'm assuming all of her knowledge of everything that that's that she's gained will have reset. And so now she has to keep looking. So again, I think that I think that is not necessarily a fail-safe to keep Dulan Caro safe. I think it is more of a um, helping not destroy the Dreaming City and not find the key to the, to the distributary. But like what what I think myth we we talked about this too. Like the distributary may not exist anymore. Right, and I think actually Savathun might tip her hand a little bit as to either the true function or another function of the dreaming city cycle in this entry. Oh, so specifically that, um, in a sense, this entire city has been rendered deterministic, meaning you always, you know exactly what's going to happen. Yep. Only paracausal guardians have any free will here, meaning only paracausal guardians can do something different every time this loop happens. If we go back to the action, choose react. I, that section, I guardians make their own fate, but what if the process by which they decide upon their fate could be understood and manipulated? If you knew when we, we talked about this before, if you knew, okay, the guardian can choose whatever they want, but if I put them in a scenario where I know they're going to choose this, then I can manipulate them to do, to make the choice I want. Right. You know, if I know they're always going to save the hostage, kill the dragon, enter X scenario here. Like if I know they're always going to do this outcome, 
then it doesn't matter if they have free will, quote unquote. I can put them in a position where they're going to make that choice. Make give it the the whole idea of like a false choice. Right. Like like the choice does exist, but we are we both know what choice you are going to make. Even though you have the free will to make the other choice by by nature of tendencies and past experiences, I have a high probability that you are going to make X choice, therefore I can manipulate the path that you follow. That's yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Now when scientists set up experiments and they want to test something. They set up an experiment where all of the variables are exactly the same every time except for whatever variable they want to study. Right. I see the Dreaming City as a giant microscope of I have a controlled environment where everything happens exactly the same every time. And the thing I want to study, the guardians and the choices they make most often, are the only things that have the ability to act differently in that space. If I watch them for literal in you know eternity, for however long the Dreaming City will go through its loops and guardians will continue to engage with it, if I watch them and I know that they always save the Corsair every time. I I now have a piece of information that I can use to manipulate them in the future. Absolutely. May, and maybe that's how... So that's where you're saying that Sabathun has tapped her hand or, or, or tipped her hat a little bit. Like, she's, 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 she's kind of, like, saying, I, I can determine this now, and therefore I can use that t- to my advantage later in the future. Yeah. The Dreaming City is a giant experiment to see what motivates guardians to do certain actions so that she can use those to her own, you know, machinations later on. Maybe that's why it took so long for her to, to reveal herself. Maybe. Interesting. Just sitting there every week, taking notes. I'm like, all right, guardian a just rode their sparrow around (laughs) over and over. Guardian B had a dance party. That's, that's the worst part is you know you know that's what it is. The Guardian C rode in on a three man party and they actually <laughs> saved the Corsair. Guardian D shot Petra in the face forty seven times. Guardian L like, but yeah, no, that's I that's that's fucked up. But that's so true. That's the worst part. Like I can't even be mad about that because it's it's true. Guardian uh, E died ten times, flinging themselves off the side, <laughs> trying to get to the cat along the side of the mountain. Yes. You're not wrong. Like that's the best part. Oh man, we're just we're just the mice in her lab. That's it. That's all it is. Um, and then of course we have the entire section here, which I'm I'm not going to go super into detail about it, but it's all about the Ahamkara and. We mm-hmm. go through that in depth in our Ahamkara series about the the whole syntax, O blank mine, even the idea that they're related to worms. The the magic seems to work the same. Uh, it's it's just blatantly telling us truths here. Like this is this is just yeah. almost like a here's your truth on a silver platter. But since I've told you before that I was lying, like believe it or not, I don't care. It that's yeah it, it, yeah. Truth, truth told from the lips of a liar is hard to believe. <laughs> uh, very, very true. The uh, I find it interesting that the last line though of this, um, and we've talked about this before, that like Ahamkara and worms seem to feed off a very similar 
energy, this, this energy between like what is wanted and what is current in the universe. Um, Worms just like feed continuously and Ahamkara feed supposedly once per wish, but they set it up in such a way that you're going to come back for more kind of thing. More parasitic um, than the well, I yeah. guess they're both very parasitic. Like the the worm yeah, is like yeah. an active par- I mean, they even say so here that they're both parasites. Um, but like one is very, um, uh, very direct. Very like I'm just gonna keep feeding and you have to deal with it. Whereas Yaa mm-hmm. Kara like feeds and then like does something to kind of entice the user to keep feeding. Yeah, and I I wonder, because of this last line, this might place them in competition for the same ecological niche. I would expect a rivalry uh, or antipathy between them. I wonder if Savathun originally sought out Riven, um, probably learned about Riven's existence via Oryx in some manner. Um, I wonder if she sought Riven out specifically to see if the Ahamkara and the hive worms were innate enemies and maybe Riven would like want to destroy Savathun's worm just by nature of them being enemies. Oh, sure. Like see it as like a direct competition be like, kill it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, now clearly that doesn't seem to be what happened, but I, I wonder if that was the theory that led her there in the you, first place. You, you think, uh, pre-taken ribbon or current ribbon post-taken post-taken for sure yeah Yeah. current in quotation marks like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) three-week loop ribbon (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and then of course the 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 final entry there you know don't be led astray by Corey's misinformation you know you 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 need it it's it you're right it does kind of like loop back in on itself you need to keep doing everything in the dreaming city as long as you can so even it itself is like it, it's enticing more guardians because remember way back in the one of the early entries bring every guardian you have send everyone you yep. have here um and then i love that it follows it up with the things i said to you about black holes and the purpose of guardians that it was all propaganda by quoria like i that, yeah. that's not my own thoughts it's like wait a second hold wait on a here <laughs> uh yeah and and again this like bring all the guardians she needs as much information as possible. She needs as many test subjects to study as possible. So that, that could also be leading into that idea. All righty. So that then brings us to the final chapter of Truth to Power. And we will see, uh, again, kind of a return to a previous layer of this book. Um, so this one, uh, this chapter is titled, It's Just Me, uh, and it goes like this. I have had three weeks to consider the way I have treated you. I feel I must make a full confession. When I left the tower in search of Savathun's agents, I had accepted my fate as a knight on Marasov's cosmic chessboard doomed to seek the final end of the hive among cold stars. I said farewell only to those who couldn't hear me, because I was afraid that just one voice asking me to stay might break my resolve. It was pitiful weakness that made me write to you. It was wretched desire to be remembered as a person 
not a ghoul, that made me tell you about the child, Eresia, St. Petersburg, and the cold waters of the Neva. Those things were all true. The rest... I am so ashamed. Mid-sentence, mid-thought, the fear seized me that I was being a stupid child, that I was wasting your time with idiot sentiment, that you would feel contempt for me at this outpouring of emotion, or worse, feel nothing at all. I hid in the dark for years, guardian. It is not loneliness or death that frightens me. It is the opposite. So I invented Medusa as a way to pretend I had never spoken to you. And when I thought the Medusa lie was slipping, I invented all of the rest. As a way to tell you that I had learned without admitting it was really me. How can I prove to you that I am really Eris Morn? Not Medusa, not Riven, not Quoria, not Dulincaru, not the Witch Queen herself. I do not know. Will you believe me? Will you scour these pages for proof or disproof? Will you upload these files to your networks and share them? Call in warlocks and cryptarchs to catalog and dissect everything I've said. Will this manuscript become the foundation of another teetering edifice of theory and anticipation? What a fool I have made of myself. All because I faltered in my conviction, tried to reach back to someone I know is lost to me and panicked at the thought of touch. But so it is, and nothing I do can now make it otherwise. I am a woman full of secrets, a woman who has lost everything she has ever called a friend, and when the need to share those secrets collided with the fear of friendship, I stumbled idiotically into needless lies. Do you know what the hive say when they want to express the inevitability of a thing? When they want to say, it is this way, because it could be no other way? I ought. And that is the end of this lore book. Yeah, this is all propaganda. This is, <laughs> this, I'm just going to say it right now. Like... This is this is just straight Sabathun. Like again, she's doing this thing where like she feeds enough truth into it to to where it helps out the idea that she came up with the whole idea of uh, it's not lies that she feeds off; it's the in- misinformation and failure to understand Sabathun. Yes. So yeah. it, and it's funny because I'm I'm starting to really really understand that concept more and more. I, I used to really think it was all just lies and deception. Like, that was it. Like, that's all that mattered. But it really is a failure to understand Sabathun. Because everything she does, it, it, she could be telling you the truth. 100, like, shot for shot, word for word, 100% truth, but still be able to feed off of it because 
you do not understand the truth that she is telling you. And right. therefore, it, that misunderstanding, that failure to understand is feeding the worm. And again, we, we uh, you know, looking through this a little bit, like we kind of see that a lot through this. Um, she, she's really trying to convince you that this whole idea of Aresia and St. Petersburg and all that stuff was really true. And, you know, we know now, like, there's no way, like, there, there's yeah. the entry where Eris was like, no, we found the, the recording of, of this person in the city. Like, the, the, this can't be true. Um, but it's, it's, it's like what you were saying. We've now kind of backed up out of the, out of, like, Medusa was created by, so, so, okay, so series of events here. Medusa is created by Coria. Um, somebody, we now know it's Sabathun, uh, starts feeding these letters. Medusa starts trying to break into these letters and let you know, hey, I'm real. I'm an AI, and I am real. And I know I'm real, but I don't know how to get out of where I am. The AI then crashes. Coria kind of tries to create a backup plan to keep the Guardian enticed uh, and starts feeding us all sorts of information. Then turns around and says, JK, none of it was true. Um, But then Medusa breaks through and is like, oh, no, it was true, or was it? And then starts to kind of like reset and and de-evolve, like what you were saying. Like, Mm -hmm. it, it starts... Re, it's it's almost like the layers start. It's like Coria finally get got control of Medusa and started like putting the layers back in place, but did so in such a cryptic format that would appease us, the Guardian. That now we're back to this Eris Morn layer, like because the interesting thing with this entry is we see none of that breakout, none of that like you know A A A zero zero zero, none of that is right. happening now. So I think you are right. I think the the AI was created by Coria. I think the AI realized it was created and realized it wasn't real because it, it was seeing things that it couldn't have done or, or whatever, crashed. Then as it tried to reboot and and escape Coria, Coria found it and recaptured it and took control of it in reverse order and then started having it feed us little extra bits and be like, okay, now... I'm, you know, before I was just being subverted by this, like I was being forced to tell you this because of Corey, again, to feed that misinformation to us, the Guardian, to keep us coming back for more, to keep the loop going. And then, um, again, throughout all this stuff, it like I invented Medusa as a way to pretend I'd never spoken to you. Uh, then I thought when I thought the Medusa lie was slipping, I invented all the rest of it. Like, just keep coming up with more and more stuff like. Okay, let's feed yeah. on this layers upon layers upon layers that that none of it's real, um, and then even ask like how do how do I how do I prove to you? Uh, will you believe me? I, I love this. I feel like this is might be a dig at us myth. Uh, <laughs> will you scour these pages for proof or disproof? Will you upload these files to your networks? Share them. Call in the warlocks, aka myth, and cryptarchs, aka me. To catalog and discuss everything I've said, will this manuscript become the foundation of another teetering edifice of theory <laughs> and anticipation? Yeah, yeah, sure yeah. as hell will. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Got us pegged. <laughs> yeah, like thanks. Job done. <laughs> Check the box. Go home. We're set. Um, yeah, and then of course it goes through the rest of it, and then at the very end, like it asks the question of what this is, and we've talked about this bunch, and then it ends the whole thing with Iot. It is because it could be no other way. 
So, mm-hmm. and I think this ayat is like the ending to the entire book, Truth to Power. Yes, I Truth, think so. I don't think it's just the ending to this entry. I think it is this entire, um, pow- this entire book, Truth to Power, of being like, this book is this way because it could be no other way. Like that, 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 that's all there is to it. So, but again, I think that I don't think that is Eris Morn saying it as much as Eris Morn mm-hmm. uses it now as the as the Hive God of Vengeance, which ugh, I love me some Hive God of Vengeance. Let me tell you what, uh, I think this is just Sabathun just saying I ought like I have now sealed all of this with this I ought word to say to like seal the the misinformation the the keep feeding yeah. this like keep my worm going. I think in a strange way, this entry is the one with the fewest layers of obscurity. Yeah. This um, is the most truth. We, I mean, the most direct yeah. truth we've been, we've been handed. And I, I think, I think maybe the reason why we don't see any of those like, uh, you know, weird numbers or anything that we saw even in the very first entry in the is it you the very first entry where they were still the author is being um you know perceived to be Eris Morn in this entry we don't get any of that the author is still being you know sp- supposedly Eris but the title it's just me i think this entry is the only one that is literally penned by Savathun with no proxies. I think you're right. I think that I think you are right 100%. And I, I think it's just me. It is is her saying like this this is me. This is this is the truest I personally am going to be with you without anything in between. There's still this facsimile of it being Eris, but a lot of this stuff yes could apply to Eris, but also applies to Savathun. So I you know, we 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 look at things like um you know, I doomed to seek the final end of the hive among the cold stars. Savathun has been doing that. Not necessarily end in eradication, but end as in no longer subservient to the worms. Yep. I uh, I said farewell only to those who couldn't hear me. Kind of true. She left her family, her brother and sister behind to pursue this. Um, it was pitiful weakness that made me write to you. It was a wretched desire to be remembered as a person, not a ghoul, uh, that made me tell you about the child of Rysia, St. Petersburg in the cold waters of Neva. Uh, again, like Savathun, I think knows that she is perceived as a monster and knows that that's not a hundred percent inaccurate, but she wants people to also know about Sathona and sure. Fundament and what, you know, she had a childhood. She was a person, not just this boogeyman in the night. Um, and then this, this, you know, I, the fear sees me that I was being a stupid child, that I was wasting your time with idiot sentiment, that you would feel contempt or worse, feel nothing at all. Uh, I hid in the dark for years, Guardian. Again, we don't know how long she was off on her own doing whatever studies she was doing to try and resolve the worm issue. When she left 
Oryx and Shivu Arath in the Books of Sorrow, that was potentially billions of years before soul ever was on the table, the soul right. system. I says, it's not loneliness or death that frightens me. It is the opposite. Um, she, on one hand, well, she is the queen of deceit and misunderstanding. That also means no one will ever understand her. She'll never have a true friendship. Aww. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Uh, I invented Medusa. (laughs) (laughs) I invented Medusa as a way to pretend I had never spoken to you. And when I thought the Medusa lie was slipping, I invented all the rest. Um, Now that bit I think is a, is a little bit of both. Like, yes, she invented Medusa as a way to talk to us. I don't think the, like, I thought the Medusa lie was slipping. So I invented the rest. I think, I think the rest was very intentional. I, Uh, I I think it's intentional. And, and again, I, when she says, "I thought the Medusa lie was slipping," I I think, again, I'm 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 still. We approached this book with the idea, original. Well, not originally, I guess, with new things to light that Savathun has penned all of this. But I'm starting to think that there is some truth in here. That being that Medusa actually was invented by Coria, and that Medusa yeah, actually did gain sentience, and then Coria was like, "Oh shit." Now what? And so then started to to put contingencies in to try to get control of Medusa back. Yeah, it, it the original, and and I I think that tracks. I think all of Truth to Power, although authored by Savathun, was delivered via the proxy of Quoria and Medusa. So you know Savathun would have may have told Quoria. You know, through obfuscation, these are hard hard words. Um, Through secretive means, there we go. Uh, That works. Deliver this information to the guardian in whatever way you think will work best for my benefit. Basically, like gave Quarry a blueprint and was just like, "Okay, now run with it." Yeah, and when that started to not you know, not work out the way that was intended. She stepped in and penned the final entry. Uh, and because of that, it's also the most personal entry. Um, and I think has a, you know, like they all have is, is very, what's being told here is very true uh, beyond the veil of like it being Eris Morn. Um, and I mean, I think the, the last couple lines really cement it. I, you know, I, what a fool I've made of myself all because I faltered in my conviction, tried to reach back to someone I knew, I know is lost to me and panicked at the thought of touch, but so it is. And nothing I do can now make it otherwise. I, I think that's like her regret for she, them. She knows she's becoming, stuck with the worm. Right. She becoming knows she can't the go hive. back to, yeah, she knows she can't go back to the Krill version of herself. She can't go back to Sarthona. Like the she once they made the deal with the worms, that was a one way path, and she's been trying to undo that for such a long time, and now realizes that there is no way to undo that without dying. Yeah, uh, and I mean she she pretty much states it. I am a woman full of secrets, a woman who has lost everyone she has ever called a friend, 
And when the need to share those secrets collided with the fear of friendship, I stumbled idiotically into needless lies. That's I mean, she's just straight up saying I'm this is Sabbath. That just like, yeah, like that that just is the situation she's in. Yep. I and you know, was this all inevitable? Was this all you know, is it all come out this way because it had to? Like by the hive's terms, yes, I ought. Like, see, again, I, I like that idea that, like, she asks the question to make it seem to the reader, like, oh, okay, well, you're just answering your question, but she's actually, it's a two-part thing. Yes, she's answering her own question that she just asked, but she is also sealing this book and saying, yeah. you know, this book is the way it is because it has to be the way it is. And therefore, like, it's funny, by doing so, she's now basically told us, the readers, like, yeah, this is all true. Like, it it can't not be true because Ayat's here. Like, ugh, ugh. I love it. It's so fucking. <laughs> well, uh, where does that leave us then? So that leads us, and I, I think we'll have time for this, that we may make this a little slightly longer episode to do it. Um, that leads us into not only our interpretation of truth to power but the interpretation of truth to power in game by uh ikora ray and rock jalal of dead orbit uh, as well as i suppose the hidden in general um so this is all in uh, a document called the hidden dossier uh, which you can find on Ishtar Collective, but uh, came out originally with the Witch Queen Collector's Edition. I uh, so this is two years and, after Truth to Power. Yes, yes. I uh, the hidden dossier is very very long. It contains a lot more than just Truth to Power information, but we're only going to focus on the conversation between Jalal and Ikora. I. Uh, and uh, they have a, a pretty lengthy kind of chat messages between them. Um, this is at the time of Witch Queen's launch or, or just prior to. So Dead Orbit has left the city. They are, you know, they've gone off to do their own thing in the wake of Season of the Splicer. Uh, but there's still communication there, at least between these two. Um, so just to get right into it. Uh, we have the very first message from uh, Jalal to Ikora, and it says this. All right, I give up. We may have quit the tower, but I still need your help. For three years, we've had our best analysts working on the documents slipped to a guardian via the Queen's Court, the so-called Truth to Power manuscripts. All we've got to show for it are burnt fingers and bad arguments. I appeal to the hidden for help. Here's what I believe we can know with confidence. Number one, the author of these documents is Savathun. Number two, the documents are extensions of Savathun's strategy in the Dreaming City. They are cyclic, deceptive, and fond of the you-did-exactly-as-I-planned mantra. Number three, there is no encrypted content. Any solvable encryption scheme would be discovered by the mass scrutiny of ghosts. Therefore, encrypted information is little different from plain text. So there is no purpose to adding solvably encrypted info. 
Any unsolvable encryption scheme would remain unsolved and is thus equally purposeless. Therefore, the true message of these documents can be obtained simply by reading the text that is there. The true message concerns a. the importance of singularities in Savathun's personal cosmology, and or b. instructions on how to mantle Savathun. We have had ships sweeping the edge of the system for orbiting singularities, but we don't know the mass of the distributary or Exodus Green's outward vector at the time of the distributary's form. Uh, we don't even know if the distributary singularity inherited the Exodus Green's vector, leaving it on an escape trajectory into interstellar space, or if it emerged at the rest with respect to the sun, meaning it would fall directly towards the sun and pass through it over and over. Add the gravitational influence of the planets, and it could be anywhere by now. We're looking for a microscopic point in a volume larger than the solar system. We thought about using fleets of sensor mites to search for gravitational influence, but then we realized that the nine are in competition with us to find the singularity, and they would certainly use their phantom mass to interfere. Unless it's been in front of us all along, right in the sky of the Dreaming City, could they have found some way to harness the singularity, to park it where they can guard it? If so, we must obtain this capability. Have you found anything else we missed? So I'm going to pause there. This is a lot. I was going to say, <laughs> holy shit. Like, uh, thanks, Jaleel. <laughs> so there's a few things here. Uh, yes, yeah, so Jalal is like author of Savathun. Uh, they are under dead orbit is under the belief. This is an extension of Savathun's strategy in the dreaming city, whatever that is. Presumably to find the key to the, yeah, he, he seems to be reading it as like, she's trying to get into the distributary. Yep. I also assumes that there is no encrypted content. There are no secret codes because either the mass scrutiny of ghosts, AKA, Yeah, a.k.a. the Destiny community would have found it by now if it existed. And if it was so good we didn't find it by now, then it's pointless to have it anyway. What kind of shitty logic is this? Well, if there's enough people looking at it, they would have found it. But if it it hasn't been found yet, then it doesn't need to be found and it's not important. You shit ass. I mean, I guess the implication being that this was created to be readable, like yeah. to be read. So what's the point of having unreadable info in it? I I guess is what he's going I guess. for. I don't know. I think he's just being shitty at this point. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say that they believe that the true message concerns the importance of singularities and or instructions on how to mantle Savathun, meaning take the mantle of godhood from her. Uh, and he seems to attribute that to finding the distributary. Yep. And then goes goes about all the reasons why that's nearly impossible to do. I do love his, um, that, that I like the idea of it falling. Well, I guess it, shit. Did he just find a really fancy way to describe orbit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think I just realized that literally in this exact second, because he's like falling around into the sun and then over and over. He's fucking described orbit. Damn it. 
<laughs> uh, and then references that like the nine would have a vested interest in finding this place as well. And so they would be interfering with uh, the guard. Like, you know, mechanical way to find it. Right. Um, which is an interesting theory in and of itself. I, I suppose the whole, the nine, their whole thing is like, they want to be corporeal. They want to be, uh, they don't want to just be these entities that are tied to their planets. They Dark want to matter. be their selves that yeah. have agency to go elsewhere. Um, I still, so I, I still guess that, that entry of them create the body still fucks me. up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess to the nine, they would be interested in this place because it's a place, you know, distributary is a, is a place where, the laws of that universe were decided at its creation by a, by an entity from our universe. So if they could like figure out, okay, how did, how did that space become, you know, how did it, how did it become a thing? And then can we duplicate that? And then we can decide for ourselves what form we'll take or something like that. Yeah. Basically that world came uh, became corporeal through means of a person that existed in this reality. Therefore, why should that not, why, like, why can't we harness that and do the same? Yeah. Um, and then he's kind of like, unless the answer has been in front of us all along and it's just in the dream, the dreaming city skybox, which we talked about as well. I, I am not I a belief that right that now. is I, the case. I think the, I think the giant like black hole <laughs> yeah, it, thing is is broken right now. The Dreaming City. It uh, so, it so, disappears <laughs> if you go into like certain zones. So then, does that mean that like Sabathur's trick is working, or Coria is breaking right now? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's essentially saying like, Ikora, have we missed anything? Like, these are our observations. Have we missed anything? I. Uh, and Ikora responds with the truth of power documents are Dalinkaru's plea for her mother's love. She wrote a biography of her mother, an attempt at understanding in the hopes that Savathun would also understand her. Imagine how lonely it would be to live in the high coven where everything, all communication, is deception. Imagine if your mother had never once told you the truth about anything. And Jalal responds, this is sarcasm. I am asking you in good faith for your help, Ikora. And I'm trying in good faith to lead you to the truth. The truth to power manuscripts are pluripotent. There are many ways to read them. Jalal sends another message saying, that sounds like an excuse for a failure to discover the true meaning. Hi, Cora. You have it all backwards. You're trying to shuffle the puzzle pieces around until you get an image. You need to know the image before you can arrange the pieces. Think about logic. Here, we define logic as the governing principle by which a power defines its own existence. For example, the hive practice sword logic. What is the governing logic of truth to power? Jalal responds, being nonsense, being convoluted, being misunderstood. Ikora, very well then. Study truth to power with an eye for how it means 
to be misunderstood. Jalal, who I'm assuming is getting annoyed at this point. Oh, ascended master, tell me, how are we to obtain actionable intelligence from the way the documents are meant to be understood? Ikora responds, Your centuries of defeatism have left you with a bad case of learned helplessness. The documents are full of possible misunderstandings. One misunderstanding is that they are pointless, just complexity for the sake of confusion. The threads about Mbaru and power from confusion point this way. This is the stance that most amateur guardian analysts seem to have settled on. It's all a lot of nothing, and there's nothing to understand in it. This is plain foolish. The text is full of useless intelligence, including an excellent explanation of Anthem Anatheme and an apparently accurate description of how Riven preyed on guardians to create the curse. Another easy misunderstanding is that these pages are concerned with a real humdinger of a scheme, a manipulation of hive tribute that requires Savathun's entry into the distributary. This could be true, the scheme could very well exist, but if so, why would Savathun advise us of such a scheme? Another easy misunderstanding is that these are love letters. Think before you laugh. The letters carefully establish a sense of shared physicality. The heiress voice asks you to center yourself in your breath and your body. It asks you to imagine her as a judoka, a swimmer, a football player. This is subtle work. It is the work of an alien that has taken on many forms and learned how to win the trust in all of them. The letters plead with us for compassion. Not Eris describes herself as shy, pitiful, forlorn, afraid to share her true feelings for us. Not Medusa pleads for help as she disintegrates. At the center, we find the clearest profession of love. Thank you, sweet friend. You are a gift and a delight. You are more than dear, more dear than my mother, for you have given birth to me a thousand times. Superficially, this is a reference to the concept of Mbaru, Savathun's plan to predicate her existence upon the misunderstanding of others. We give birth to her by feeding her power. But she also says, Here at the center, I lie to you the truth. You have everything you need to know it, but I will give you a clue, as the duelist gives warning before she draws. The answer you seek to the Dreaming City is simple, not complex. So let's not misunderstand this statement about giving birth to her. Let's take it at face value. We have given birth to Savathun, and she genuinely loves us for it. I'm going to pause again there. Dude, this is like I'm following. This is This is crazy. <laughs> yeah so we we get this some back and forth crazy like it, it okay go, go ahead go ahead i'm 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 letting my brain implode a little. i need to <laughs> yeah. put all the pieces back together give me a second so we get some back and forth between ikor and jalal that's mostly just like verbal sparring I like love, i love she just like calls him out like okay stupid 
Yeah. <laughs> Let me explain this in words basic, you'll understand. Basic guardians <laughs> even know this, and and they just call it basic. And he's just like, fine, whatever, mom. <laughs> uh, so there's a couple things that Ikora assumes that line up a little bit with what we had thought as well. Uh, the first being that uh, one stance somebody might take is that the the entire existence of this book is just to cause confusion. It's not worth reading into. It's a whole lot of nothing. We established at the very beginning of the series, we are not of that mindset. We do think there is a lot of very useful truths in this book. Uh, Ikora seems to agree. Um, this is plainly foolish. The text is full of useful intelligence, including an excellent explanation of Anthem and a theme and a apparently accurate description how Riven preyed on the Guardians to create the curse. We talked about that as well. All of that seems 100% accurate. Uh, she goes on, uh, Another easy misunderstanding is that these pages are concerned with a manipulation of Hive tribute that requires Savathun's entry into the distributary. And I, we had talked about this we don't think she needs access to the distributary per se, the distributary as we know it, but that, that, that may be a little closer to the truth. That may be kind of glancing off the real truth. Yeah. Um, Ikora does say like, maybe this is truly a scheme, but if so, why tell us? Sure. And I guess that's the big question, right? Like, why yeah. would she give us every single plot point of her or of her own personal scheme? Uh, just, just like hand it to us on a silver platter. And I, I think, on one hand, maybe she didn't. Maybe those are just truly lies to confuse. On the other hand, you know what we talked about. She gets power at this point in time from Imbaru from the misinterpretation, the misunderstanding of Savathun. What better way for people to misunderstand you than give them a very confusing document that you did lay all of your plans out in that they are going to discuss across the thousands of guardians on the internet. Oh my God. And those thousands of guardians are going to have thousands of different theories and 99.9% of them oh are going to be wrong. My God. And then each, each one just feeds her. Oh my God. Dude, right. That's brilliant. Like again, the truth from the mouth of a liar is you can't even, you can't, how do you even, how? Exactly. Uh, it might be the greatest entity in all of destiny. I'm just, she, yeah, she's, she's up there for she's sure. Good. Just I'm just putting it out there. What we've seen of the witness and what we've seen of Savathun, like I'm I'm in the Savathun camp as number one villain. Just, That's just what saying. I'm saying. But uh but and Ikora continues. Um, you know, they these letters plead w- uh with us for compassion. Kind of what we were talking about. There seems to be some vulnerability there. Ikora is saying this may just be because Savathun is a very cunning person and knows how to get people to feel bad for her or trust her or whatever. Um, which, yeah, if that's the case, mission accomplished to a degree. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, and then she says, you know, Savathun, and she, she quotes a line, Here at the center, I lie to you the truth. 
You have everything you need to know it, but I will give you a clue. The answer to seek the Dreaming City is simple, not complex. I, And so Ikora says, like, kind of what we alluded to originally, what if we just take some of this info at face value? Yeah. What if what if we truly gave birth to Savathun as she is now? What if we put her in her position of power as we know it now and she genuinely has appreciation and, you know, loves us for putting her in that position? And that may be true. This this may have been, we don't know how how weak Savathun was. We know she was trying to subvert her worm uh, seemingly unsuccessfully. Uh, this Truth to Power book may have been a huge boon, may have kept her alive for years where she would have otherwise succumbed to the worm. Sure. Like, Anything it's possible. Time, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's possible that us discussing this and the the myriads of misunderstandings around it are what let her survive to witch queen. God, that's uh, I mean that's 2 years worth of yeah. Oh, shit. So, uh Jalal responds, "Are you implying that we created Savathun by imagining her?" That her presence in the Books of Sorrow and all the things she's done throughout more than a billion years were caused by us reading the Truth to Power manuscript? If this is what a light does to a mind, I'm glad I was never chosen. Ikora responds, No, I don't think that's the right answer. Her spawning on Fundament was only one of her births. She says it herself. You gave birth to me a thousand times. Look at Truth to Power simply. What are the topics it centers upon? Black holes, vex simulations, ahamkara, manipulation of hive tribute. So our answer must involve all of these. Ahamkara willingly seek destruction in order to be taken as trinkets by guardians. You must know this. You've tried to exploit those trinkets as thoroughly as every other faction. But do you understand the metaphysics behind their desire? I do. I once wished to know more about the Ahamkara. That wish was granted. Ahamkara believe that by transforming themselves, by metamorphosizing from monsters into treasures, they become more real more important ontologically. It is a gap between reality as is and reality as desired that they feed on Iraq. And guardians are the richest, finest source of reality as desired that they have ever met. What have Ahamkara artifacts ever done but instill delusions of grandeur? A solipistic madness. I am more real than what surrounds me. Why is this? The skulls of dire Ahamkara speak to me. They know I want to know the truth, and so they whisper to me of a path they climb. They call it the anathematic arc. They're going somewhere. Somewhere they consider more real. Guardians are part of how they get there. What if Savathun 
wants to go there too. I'm going to pause again on dude, that. Dude, dude, okay. <laughs> they know they're in a video game and they want out. Yeah. Savathun yep. uh, has actually gotten out once. Yeah, so we we talked about um in our Ahamkara episode, we talked about like Ahamkara have this understanding that there is a quote unquote realer world outside of the destiny universe. Now, I think it's up for debate a little bit whether that realer world is like the garden of creation as referenced in uh you know the the gardener the and stuff. the winnow the unveiling stuff the gardener and the winnower though you know maybe in a slightly different sphere than we originally thought sure but are they are they trying to escape to that that creation area or are they trying to escape to us to the fourth wall breaking reality i love it uh, i love that idea like that's i i know i know this is all just written i know it's a video game but what if you know what what if the creatures of the video game have actually realized that they're in a video game and they're like this is horseshit man like i'm a bad yeah. guy in a video game i'm just a wish granting dragon in a video game to hell with this i'm getting the hell out of here yeah so it's an interesting idea that ahamkara know that like there's there's another level there's another realer universe um and Ikora is saying, well, one of the main subjects that Truth to Power talks about is Ahamkara. Perhaps Savathun has similar ambitions to Ahamkara. Uh, to which Jalal responds, are you implying that we... Oh, I need to move my line is what I need to do. Jalal responds instead saying this, if you say there's something more real than here... You're implying that we are not real. This is the simulation argument, that we are ghosts in some other world's machine. Then there are no real stakes in our war for survival, because even if we are extinguished, we were never more than phantoms. I refuse to accept this. And Ikora responds to that, saying, Oh, don't be so timid. In a rock of dead orbit, driven to despair by the thought of our universes, when you should know the lore of Hubble volumes and Tegmark heresies by heart. Our existence is real to us, vitally real, because it is ours. It is the only one we have. Even if we are simulations or imaginations, we have an inner life as rich as any real living thing, and so we are equally real. When we die, we are dead. Dead, dead. We believe there are many timelines. Does that lead us to discount the reality of our own? Do we stop caring about ourselves, Ikora Ray and Arak Jalal, because in another timeline we're already dead? Do I punish you because in another timeline you murdered me? What matters to us is us. But it is possible for realities to be concentrated. The Awoken Distributary is an infinite universe, but it exists within our own universe. 
the Truth to Power documents constantly return to the question of black hole singularities, to their value as computers and secret keepers. We are told our true purpose as guardians is to hurl all we value into a black hole. We are told that Savathun wants to enter the distributary and slaughter those within to gain power. The Patria Good Black Hole Cosmogenesis Principle of Golden Age Physics confirms that the interior of a black hole is a new universe. All black holes produce their own interior cosmos. All cosmos, including our own, are probably the interior of a black hole in a parent universe. The Truth to Power documents want it, want it understood that Savathun wishes to enter the distributary in order to gain power in our parent universe. The suggestion here is that it is possible for actions in a concentrated universe to grant power in the parent universe. I'm going to pause again. I mean, that is the real possibility, right? Like, if if gaining power in, in sub-universe A grants, grants you power in parent universe A, I, duh, why not? Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's an interesting thought that, like, you know, if, if we extrapolate that even to, you know, us, to... to our universe as we know it as human beings um yeah like our entirety could just be an existence within a singularity in another universe that sits you know quote unquote above us is is one level up kind of thing yeah i and there could be an infinite number of universes that are a level below us within the many black holes that exist throughout our universe uh, and the idea being that the destiny universe is one of those just in a digital space i mean thing. It, 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 it. <laughs> i was about to say digital space is an infinite black hole yes kids <laughs> welcome to the internet uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it just fucked you up too didn't it <laughs> um but uh but yeah so the icor is just kind of pitching this idea and, and getting this idea of like universes within universes um and so jalal responds to this what does this have to do with love letters to the human form with confusion for the sake of confusion you you are making no sense Ikora responds, Savathun pretends to have a soft human body. She apologizes and empathizes. She asks for pity. She regrets emotional vulnerability. She's even funny at times. She makes a game for us to play. These are attempts to enter the mind of a human reader. Wherever she wants to go, it is a place with human minds. She needs to enter those minds to reach her destination. Jalal, are you actually suggesting we are concatenated within the mind of a reader? Ikora, wouldn't that be something? No, the answer here is simple, not complex. 
certainly not a twist from early postmortem writing, postmodern writing. We surmise that what Sabathun wants in the Dreaming City must have something to do with the Ahamkara, the Vex simulations, black holes, her daughter, Dolankaru, and the manipulations of Hive Tribute. So how can we relate these? At first, we believed Savathun wanted to use Ahamkara wishes to protect her daughter, Dolankaru, while Dolankaru tried to find a way for Savathun to enter the distributary black hole in order to manipulate Hive Tribute. What if this is a misunderstanding? What would the Dreaming City tell Savathun? Why would the Dreaming City tell Savathun how to enter the distributary? The Awoken have never tried to return to their birthplace. They believe their exodus was irreversible. But what have the Awoken done instead? They passed from the distributary and into our world. That knowledge is in the Dreaming City in the records of the awoken hulls that carried Mara's people on their exodus. What Savathun wants in the Dreaming City is exactly that. Not the way into a child universe, but a way out into a parent. A parent where there are human minds waiting to receive her, formless as Mbaru, as the mist. Now pause again. Dude, okay, I was... Thank you for pausing, because I was about to lose my mind here. Is what if Samathun gets so okay? So following that logic of the maybe she isn't looking like, and we thought this too. Like maybe she isn't looking for the distributary. Maybe she's just looking for a way to get to another universe. If if she can find. The, the original hull of the original ships that escaped the distributary and bring them to the, um, the enclave and make those devices remember. Yeah. Then she's got it. Like, that's it. That's the, like, all of this has been schemes upon schemes upon schemes. The whole reason she, she that's the whole reason why we even use the enclave in the first place, why it's even discovered is because Sabathun wanted us to discover it. She wanted to give us a piece of this glaive and show and show it memory and shape it because by showing itself its memory, like now we now we've shown that we can that everything has a memory. Like even in even even this the this microphone I'm speaking into has a memory. And if I can make it remember b- bits of itself it, yeah, it's inorganic, but that that information is still encoded onto it. Like, oh my god, myth! My brain, I think, just imploded. <laughs> so, um, but to get to a again, that information yeah. is how to is how to escape. Not not right. And and they they state it here specifically that information is not to get to a child universe, but to escape into a greater universe, into a parent universe. So this is still a one-way trip, again, under the guise that the even the um, Awoken, and I say guys, the, the, the understanding that the Awoken even don't have a way back, that this is always a one-way trip to go from child universe to parent universe. You cannot go the opposite direction. Yeah, so... I. Uh... It's also very easy to to take this as like she's trying to escape into a parent universe of human minds. 
it's very easy to be like, she's trying to break into to ours. Yeah. She's trying to she's trying to escape the game and become real, quote unquote. I, I'd welcome a Sabbathoon. <laughs> uh, and so um and via the methods that the Dreaming City, you know, did uh the the methods of that the awoken use that are still stored in the dreaming city um to to accomplish that so jalal responds how is anyone supposed to arrive at this by studying the truth to power text nikora responds to him very easily it is why i believe i'm right this is the analogy our guardian analysts failed to grasp look at the structure of the text. At first, Eris is real. Then we learn Eris's voice is a deception by Medusa. Then we learn Medusa is nested inside Quoria. Then we learn that Quoria is a fiction of Dolinkaru. And at the center, Savathun reveals herself to be the parent of it all. We are headed inward, as if moving from parent to child. And then we perceive in reverse. Savathun is revealed to be a fiction of Dalankaru, Dalankaru a simulation by Quoria, and so on. And so in the end, Truth to Power moves outward, just as Savathun plans to move. In from our universe, and out to the distributary, or out from our universe to its parent. Jalal responds, Oh, I see, I see, a... Literary structure like that is called a siasmus, siasmus, uh, meaning crossing point. Look, like a wormhole or a portal. It's hidden in plain sight. Then we must act urgently to stop this. Savathun cannot be allowed to depart our universe into some reality superordinate to ours. But now you'll tell me. What if she does? What can we, what, sh- what can she do to us out there? Nikora responds, It's all besides the point anyway. She may have already accomplished what she wanted. Some damn fool guardian carried out her instructions on a dare. I don't know why she wanted a powerful guardian to destroy her daughter in the ruins of Mars' throne, but she did want it to happen, and I'm guessing the effects weren't felt here. I think she got a glimpse into a world above our own. Maybe even a kind of influence. Of course, Sevathun is still with us. She walked among us as Osiris. She tricked us into removing her worm. She hasn't vanished into some higher reality. I do not think she built a wormhole into another universe and walked through it, although her intrigues with the Nine have focused on creating singularities from dark matter. She keeps a lot of irons in the fire, this witch queen. I think, rather, she sent instructions on how to mantle her. I think the whole Truth to Power manuscript is in Ova, a manual on how to behave like her, how to describe her through action and thought so completely that you will become her and thus give birth to her. It is done in the Books of Sorrow, to recall her from true death, It might be done again. So a part of her is out of the jar, slithering into that other world. Let's let's hope no one has given birth to her there yet. 
So I'm going to pause on that. I, I love that it's it's canon that the one dude beat. Like, yeah, I, I Cora acknowledges that somebody has done this, had got to power level 999 and solo beat Dulancaro. And the people in the universe are acknowledging it. Yep. So creating like uh, a two way street here, almost like proving that there is a parent guardian type thing or a parent universe. Touching. Rather. Yes. Touching on that. I uh, things happened when that guardian got to 999 and beat Dolankaru in our world. Um, so the first was a blog post from Destiny, uh, from Bungie, uh, titled On the Power Climb. And that blog post said this, to our friend Bagel4K, who is the guardian that accomplished this, this is another gift. You've spent countless hours defeating the enemies of the last city, steadily increasing your power to challenge the darkness that is consuming the Dreaming City. Your strength is my strength, and we have been watching. Alongside the community, as you've come to the doorstep of being the first guardian in Destiny history to have a four-digit power level, your victory is my victory. We are humbled by your dedication, and while this may not have broken the curse, we can say without question that you have become legend. My jaws are wide, and I am waiting. Thank you for playing, and we can't wait to see how high you climb each season. The wait is long, but I am ceaseless. And then in, like, garbled text at the bottom, it says... I am Savathun Ravenous. I have set the snare and baited the trap. Ah, it's so good. I love it. Immediately following this, uh, DMG, who was at that time a community manager, manager for Bungie, uh, had his Twitter, quote-unquote, taken over, and he posted... Uh, two messages, again, in kind of that like garbled overlay text that uh, if you, you know, look, look through the, the random symbols, um, they say truth to power. I, or excuse me, there are, there are a number of them. Um, they say, I am the finality, the reward. I am the true ending. The wait is long, but I am ceaseless. Uh, and then DMG's uh, posts were, truth to power, is victory so easy, hero? Uh, and then, you know, came back and was like, hey, everything's fine. I don't really recall writing the last few tweets, but uh, they're there. That, that's weird. You know, and continued on like if nothing had happened after Weird. <laughs> So the the implications being here that that guardian doing what Savathun wanted done somehow allowed her to interface with our world for a little bit, at least creating some type of connection there. Yeah, yeah. almost almost like testing a theory and proving it. Like, hey, mm-hmm. here's here's an idea. Get to nine 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 and solo Dulakaru, and somebody's like, okay. Again, Savathun manipulating the path. Like, yep. they know she knows somebody's going to do it. Sure enough, somebody does it. And she goes, okay, how can I use this? 
oh, I can use this to bridge the gap between this universe and the parent universe. Cool. Let's give that a try. And then does so. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so the effects of what Bagel 4K did weren't felt in the world of Destiny, but were felt in our world, which is exactly what uh, Ikora is alluding to here. Of like, what if, what if the 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 what if that exact thing has is, is the is the case here? Like, what if what if something has been done and something has been felt, just not in our universe? In which case, right. what does it matter to us? Like, do we even care? Like, does it do anything here? Does it affect us in any way? No. Cool. Keep going. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it almost almost like well it's, it didn't happen to me so it's somebody else's problem type thing which is kind of kind of shitty Ikora thanks uh, but you <laughs> but know, I mean on the on the same token like if someone came to you as like hey someone did something real bad in a different universe be like <laughs> thanks okay like good, good job I don't I, what what do you want me to do <laughs> you're arrested take that <laughs> um. But yeah, so the the final message is um, from Jalal back to Ikora uh, after she says, like, maybe she's already broken free uh, in some way. And, and he comes back and says, well, maybe you're the one who has it all backwards. The light is non-computable. It can't be simulated in conventional physics. That proves that any universe with the light cannot be a simulation. Our universe can contain simulations, but it cannot be one itself. Maybe this other world Savathun's touched is subordinate to ours after all. Maybe they are the ones who exist in our minds. A dream of a purely material world, adrift in the true cosmos of light and dark. Poor frail dreams, the things she would do to them. And that's the end of the transition. Well, shit. Myth, are we real? <laughs> Time shit. for everyone to have an existential crisis. Shit. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this information, Myth. <laughs> I do uh, like that logic, though. Like, paracausality exists here, and we know that paracausality can't be simulated, so we must be the real world, and anything else is a dream. But your logic <laughs> is pretty goddamn sound, but... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that means I'm not real. Uh, but we came up with the concept of light. So like are we our own paradox? Yes. Fuck. Yes, I Damn think so. it. Damn it. <laughs> oh my god, dude. This is I again, this is why I love Sabathoon. I love I love the 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 truth to power stuff. It's so thought provoking of like it, like again, taking it all as a as a as a lore entry is is one way, but then like to like really dive into it and really think, well, what if you know, like it's, yeah, it's this is oh Sabathun, greatest <laughs> villain of all time, full stop. Pretty pretty much, yeah, I'm right there with you. But uh, but that is gonna gonna wrap things up for for this episode. Uh, we're gonna stop there. We have completed the truth to power and the hidden dossier uh, kind of discussion around truth to power. Um, we have some more entries that we're going to go over um, over at least the next episode or two that are still Savathun related. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, this was, this was a fun book to dissect. Absolutely loved it. Um, well, let's do some shout outs then. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
Um, our first shout out for this episode comes to us from Apple Podcasts. Uh, comes to us from a JDHDSBD. That's just rude. <laughs> I get it. Just, like you just garbled. Like it's fine, but it's fine. God dang it. Um, but I'm they were kind enough to. Uh, it's an anagram or a, or a, what? What are they called? I don't, I leave that all to you. I can't. I can't think uh, of what is, what's, what's 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 where like like radar. Like radar is an actual thing. It's like radio advanced something something something. Or sonar. Uh, what are what are those called? Not anagrams. No. Now you're making me space on it. Boy, we're real smart warlocks, aren't we? Acronyms. Yeah. There it is. Ah, there's the voice. The, word. the voice from the Nether answers. <laughs> Acronyms. Maybe, maybe JSDSBSH. Fuck, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, despite the pronounceability of their username, um, they were very kind in leaving us a five star review on on Apple. So thank you for that. Absolutely. I, thank you. But they say, amazing show. I've been playing Destiny since D1, and I never really got in much into the lore. Uh, but I decided I wanted to learn more about the Destiny universe, and I came about this show, and I've learned a lot. Good. Well, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that, that's, that's the whole point. That's yeah. why we started. So, Knowledge is uh, power. I'm, I'm glad that Unless you, uh, you're you learned trickery some stuff. is power. Well, both for her. ha 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 uh, well, one for Oryx, one for Sabathun. Yes. Are yeah. we just mini Oryxes? Is that what we are? No, we're spreading I'd, knowledge. We're not gaining knowledge. Well, I, mean, yeah, I guess we might be gaining knowledge. I don't know. A little bit of both? Yeah. A little Kame, a little combi? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like it. I mean, if someone wants to give me the crown of Taken King, as long as it doesn't come with like any worm things, I'm all right with it. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a lot of power. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I was given that much power in 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 Final Fantasy TCG card form in a in a deck that I made, and I am telling you right now, I am not responsible enough to use that much power. <laughs> but no. So thank you very very much for the kind review. Um, our second shout out of the evening is a little bit of a long one, uh, and it's a two parter. This came to us through our uh, email. Uh, this one says, uh, in, in response to the homework that we assigned regarding who the heck is the Admiral that I, is being I, referenced in I Truth to Power. I just love that somebody took our homework assignment to heart. I, I know, just, it's great. I've given out homework before and it's just been returned with nothing. This is, <laughs> this is, this is validating and I, I like it. It is. Uh, so, this very enterprising individual um, says... Unfortunately, I can't answer who the author is referring to, but I'm fairly positive that it cannot be the Chroma Admiral. Both Oryx, Books of Sorrow, Levi- Books of Sorrow, Leviathan Rises, I believe is the chapter in Books of Sorrow, um, and Shivu Arath, Veiled Tithe Gloves, refer to the Admiral as a male, while the Truth to Power, the encrypted verse author, refers to the mysterious Admiral in the feminine. I did a little research on the word admiral itself and found some interesting notes. Etymologists have varying theories, but most seem to agree that it comes from some form of the phrase amir al, with different endings and suffixes. This loosely translates to commander or lord of. This already gives a more regal feeling to the word, but I also noticed the root of amir is the word command or amara. Maybe referencing Mara, Sov. 
Then there's the mention of the Admiral's shining eyes, a trait I associate with the Awoken. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, a couple of other small things, like the mention of knowing the people well and being interested in their name, or the comment about being able to see the author in the stone laid at your plotting table, reminds me of the stone and crystal styling throughout the Dreaming City. TLDR is a very long-winded way to suggest that maybe the author was actually speaking to the Awoken, not specifically anyone in particular, which means the fallen Admiral mentioned was maybe Sheer Ido, shot in the dark. Uh, sorry for the paragraphs, but this is what you get for giving a warlock homework on lore. Thank you so much for all your hard work on the show. It is a highlight of the week. Signed, Sartrine Penguin. Oh, oh. <laughs> also, yeah. Uh, shit. <laughs> I, I, as I have discovered through uh, no means my own, I am actually a titan. Uh, I like shotguns and swords and punching, apparently. So, yeah, as much as I am a warlock, I'm just a titan with a rift. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I do also like eating grenades. Uh, so the, I think, I think there's a lot of points that make sense here. It, it, yes. I don't think there's anything that tells us like, this is the Admiral. Right. Um, even this, even the search that, that myth and I have done, like there's, we couldn't yeah. find anything. Uh, but it, I, I 100% agree, um, likely not the Chroma Admiral. I didn't even pick up on the difference in gender identification, but yeah, nope. that really seals it that that's very much not the, the Admiral being referred to. Very interesting about the um, Admiral, kind of the breakdown of the word itself. Um, yeah. And especially the, you know, Amir coming from Amara. That that seems pretty. Uh, the obsession with names, like the eyes, yeah. the whole name thing in the tributary, like that's how they define themselves. They took the name and folded it in on itself and created Mara, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. it, it is, it's it does seem very awoken driven, um, which is which is again very interesting that that entry was di- if if it is and it is directed at the um, awoken. Yeah, and I, I agree, Shining Eyes, um, the Stone Table, like, all of that seems very Awoken. Yep. I say, and this um, particular poster also followed up with a um, another email, um, and uh, as an update, and posed the question, what if the Admiral in question is Aldrin? He was the leader of the Crows, uh, though I think they're more scouts than a formal military, but they did have ships, so a navy? Space spaces look like it as a as a sea. Like especially yeah. in, in science fiction stuff, like you look at Star Trek and it's like space is the final frontier as as like a voyage across the sea. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um they continue uh, but also he was inaugurably of the Awoken Hierarchy. He was the prince. Uh, the Dying Helm reference could be about Mara dying in space to Oryx's Dreadnought, which Aldrin was also there for his uh, and his corruption already underway. The Shining Eyes were definitely a point of focus during his corruption, and we know Savathun and Riven were behind that, like the city's curse. We talked about that in our Aldrin series. He kept, like, having... He always felt like he had something in his eye. Yep. Um... 
I also just wanted to mention how much I like your theories about what the distributary might really be and about Savathun being somehow in the human history. Uh, we did get the lore card about the Rigby family meeting the devil. Uh, that's it, I promise. Cheers. Yeah. So, yeah. So much info. So so much that, you know, just thank you for going the, the extra... 110% on this because there's a lot of awesome stuff here. Um, yeah, it's Aldrin's an interesting one too. I, I don't know that he's ever been referred to as an admiral either, but I get the kind of the the mentality of like, well, you know, he commanded ships, maybe. Um, and definitely the, you know, his eye was referenced uh, all over the place. The dying helm referencing Mara, um, dying in space makes sense. So I think there's a lot of connections that could be made there. And these are, these are really good ones for sure. Absolutely. Um, and say, and in relation to the lore card reference there at the end, we did get that lore card about the Rigby family meeting the devil. Uh, that is in relation to a ghost shell. Um, I believe it's the Fundament Ghost Shell that came out in the Witch Queen. I think that's the uh, one with th the, the pillars that are like circling. Yep. It. Yep. Yep. That's the one. Uh, and not going to read the whole card, but it is uh, essentially a human family, uh, the Rigby's, that uh, are present during like the collapse happening. And they make a deal with the devil, and the devil is described as feminine and having a uh, sweet, deceitful voice, a la Savathun. Yeah. So uh, just another fun little tie-in there. Well, we knew she was there during the collapse. Like, she literally Absolutely. prevented it, so it's not, that is not far-fetched. Not at all. Though, again, at not that at point all. in time, like, humanity had never seen a hive, so, like... Right. Sure. Why would that not be like, oh God, it's the devil? Like, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd probably be the closest like thing in their mind yeah. to like that. That yeah, that looks like what I would think a demonic being would look like. Yep. Uh. So, but no. So thank you again to um. To also, good Sarchin job on your homework. A Penguin. plus. Yeah. Absolutely. Stamp of approval. You pass. <laughs> I like it. Uh. But so if uh, if you liked what you heard this evening and you want to support us in some way, best way to do so is just uh, leave a review on your platform of choice. You know, however many stars you think. Um, if your platform has the option for text reviews, we love reading those. Uh, otherwise, you can reach out to us at Myths and Stories, Z instead of an S, on Stories uh, on Twitter or the same uh, Myths and Stories at Gmail dot com, and you may. See yourself as a future shout out. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have a thank you I have to give out. Um, didn't I invent three characters this episode? Jill, uh, Scott, and someone else? Yeah, very briefly. God, isn't that bad? <laughs> I invent my own characters and I don't remember why I invented them. Oh, well. Thank you, nameless characters that I invented for some reason in this episode and then thusly <laughs> forgot. You were not important. And then Squirrel. Yep. You were not important enough to be remembered, such as Bob the Hobgoblin. Also, thank you, Bob the Hobgoblin. Because I haven't thanked I mean, you, you can't. You can't beat Bob. That's true. Or Jake the... Jake. Oh, 
Why wasn't one of the Ahamkara named Puff? <laughs> that, that is a lost opportunity. Literally writes itself, Myth. Uh, Puff, the magic Ahamkara, lives by the sea. Okay, I won't torture you all with that. <laughs> Anything else, Myth? I think that's it. All righty. Well, then from all of us singing lore daddies to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next time. You found your people. Guardians do love their myths and stories.